Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. My name is Sabina Brennan and I am so pleased that you have decided to join me as I continue my chat with award-winning columnist and writer extraordinaire Hilary Fannin. In this episode, we talk about her books, Finding Forgotten Memories, Fracture, Emotional Territory, Maternal Force and Controlling the Narrative. Let's dive right in. She and I went out for dinner one evening and she just arrived and she just put this book on the table. Oh. And so there's a little gift for you, Sabina, and it's Hilary Fannin Hopscotch, a memoir. Yeah. And I said, oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. And I kind of went home and said, oh, I'll have a little look at that. And I I just couldn't put it down. Well, it's it's a superb book, but also because we're of an age mm. and we actually grew up f- literally a couple of miles yeah, apart. apart. Yeah. Um, this was... So you, yeah. you, your story in this is a, is a, is is about, uh, and I just I highly recommend um, that you read it if you haven't read it. I actually we had a WhatsApp group for our fortieth school reunion, and I put this in oh, it, and I said, guys, you. read this because it's it's our child childhood. Now it's it's very much your childhood. What's it interests me from a number of of levels. Obviously, it was very personal because, you know, hearing things like low babies and high babies and, you know, all those funny things that that we had. Um, But this is wonderfully written from a child's perspective. Mm. And it's about you trying to make sense of of very big and serious issues in the world around Mm. your parents and your father. And Mm. your father was having an affair for about for for probably the best part of 20 years. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. And and which was incredible because he would bring you along when yeah. he was meeting his special friend. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. so it's it's wonderful story from 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 that perspective. But also I'm interested in it from another perspective. And I think also having read some of your other articles as well, I think it's something that interests you, which is the concept of memory. Mm. And so this is a memoir. Yeah. So this is, you know, something that has come from your brain and how your brain has created this mm. this memory and I'm interested to know you know how you got there like I have I really just have snippets from my childhood mm. I have some really some really strong memories and mm. moments recently um I I went to visit actually um the town where my father grew grew up and I went mm. to, to to find his house and whereas I'd been just thinking of an address, as soon as I walked onto the street, I remembered, oh, my God, because mm. we thought it was my son was with me. And he said, that's the house. And I said, no, it's not. There's only one window on one side. I remember we would go in the door and the housekeeper, mm. which was his second wife, um, mm. uh, was 
down in the back there in the kitchen she always hid when his the kids mm. and grandkids from his first family came and my granddad was into the left sitting on the thing but the memories that mm. that came and I went can we go down the road there's a river there's a canal and there was yeah, a Bockety yeah. bridge I was afraid of but uh in writing your book like you have these memories you you brought memories memories back to me but that's because you sparked them for me mm. how did you find those memories to write with such clarity mm. about mm. them mm. i know you said one line somewhere once i began to feel mm. i could then Right. It's, it's, I think sense? we I think we like you described last night going to the location and using location and maps um, is is a tool that a lot of memoirists will use. Right. It can be quite interesting if to use a literal map, a physical map of a territory in order to um, to spark memory. Um, okay. And Carlo Gebler, for instance, who's written extensively about his childhood, he's the son of Edna O'Brien. Um, and he will use physical map and Ernst Gebler. Uh, he will use physical maps to kind of um, to 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 wake up his memory around territory. For me, the territory was emotional, um, and the territory was internal. Um, so I had I had looked in my, the first play that I wrote was called Mackerel Sky, and I had looked at fracture within a family and an absent father and and financial turmoil really was what the play was about um and so in hopscotch um it, it the, the the territory is very very similar you know but but i think the main thing was a and i think this is really important i was given permission to do that mm-hmm. by a publishing company and an editor who said I met them, I had lunch with them and I said, this is what I think I'm going to write about. And they had thought I was going to put a collection of columns together. Oh, right. OK. And I said, yeah, I know that's not a bad idea, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, I'm thinking, maybe could I write this? And they said, yeah, go for it. Wow. So first of all, permission. Mm-hmm. First of all, somebody saying, yes, that's OK. Yes, it's OK to tell your story. Yes, it's OK to be heard. It's okay, just do it. Mm-hmm. And then, like you, I had an insanely tight deadline. But again, that felt real, right? Mm-hmm. That felt contained. That felt actual. And so the only thing I had to do then was find myself as a child and ask her to bring me around. Okay. So I remember, the fr- and I turned up to the desk, and I remember the literally thing to myself, right, um, because I've been writing for a couple of years now, and especially in terms of writing to deadline for the Irish Times and stuff, I figured, okay, so let's boundary this. I'm always talking about boundaries. Yeah. Let's boundary this. Let's give this five years. You know, let's take it from the time you were. I went to Manor House School in Rohini when I was four, and they expelled me when I was 11. <laughs> so that was, what, uh, seven years? Yeah, something? yeah. So I thought, okay, right, great. So that's... That's clear, right? That's seven years, right? Yeah. From the time you went in till the time they threw you out. That's seven years. So let's focus on that. And it was also a time of tremendous... Um, <laughs> it was a dynamic time within my family mm-hmm. when a lot of stuff happened. And at the same time as I was expelled, the bailiffs came, knocked down the door, took all the furniture, took all the clothes, and we were homeless. So the, I knew the end. Mm-hmm. You know, so then I really had to think, OK, so... And then I figured... 
begin on your first day in Manor House as a low baby and the confusion of this shoebox, which I'd never forget, shoe bag, you know, because mm-hmm. we had indoor shoes, outdoor <laughs> shoes, plimsolls and ballet shoes. And then the corridors were had blue tiles, black tiles and white tiles. And you could walk on the white tiles and your plimsolls and your ballet shoes the blue tiles in your indoor shoes and the black tiles in your outdoor shoes, right? <laughs> and you're four. <laughs> and you're four. And like, this is an absolutely mind-crushing puzzle for me. I can't, I think I'm numerically dyslexic. I can't right. manage numbers at all. Yeah. And um, But even if you could, that's yeah, extremely but I, so complex brain, and beyond. My brain was like fried, you know, <laughs> like on day one, I just thought, man, this is just really tough. So anyway... So I just went back there and I saw there was a girl in, I can't remember what I called her in the book. Her name was Odette. And she had curly hair and she could sing. And on day one, oh, yes. she sang. A hole in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if she sang that one, but whatever she sang. Yeah. But when I sat down at my desk, I saw Odette. And I thought, oh, I, I thought, oh, man, I'm, I'm there. Right. And then it was really just walking around with Billy. My father... My family called me Billy. Right. That was very useful to me as well because people stopped calling me Billy when I was about, I don't know, nine or ten or something. Why do they call you Billy? Uh, Hilly Billy. Hillary, oh, Hilly Billy. Hillary. Oh, right, Hilly okay. Billy. So Hilly I was Billy, Billy the silly was, Billy or yeah, something. Yeah, but I was yeah. just Billy. I was called Billy. My whole, I didn't know my own, my name was Hillary. I thought my name was Billy. I also thought that my father was my father and not my sibling's father because I thought every child had one father and that mothers were just kind of pods. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So so because I was Billy mm-hmm. in the book, I just found Billy. Right. And Billy brought me around. OK. So she brought me the whole way through. Right. And and it's wonderful. But, you know, the thing is, people would a lot of people said to me after the book was published. Oh, my God. How do you remember all that? stuff? Yeah. And I was saying to them, you, too, have all of these memories I think it's a matter of just allowing ourselves to open the door. Yeah. We just walk in. Yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting. Memory is fascinating. People tend to think that memory is just one thing, like a unitary thing. Yeah, but yeah. we have lots of different types of memory. Yeah. And um, I mean, I often say that, you know, as people get older, they get concerned about losing their memory. Yeah. Uh, and it's a big fear. And, and it's something that, you know, <coughs> happens with uh, with dementia and, and creates mm. all sorts of loss family Mm. as well but the thing is and and it's what's really interesting and nice about what you said there is you know as children before you're four and actually you should say to anybody who's listening who's not from Ireland or understands low babies is just the first (laughs) the first step into school in in Ireland actually we start school at four yeah. And in other countries, you know, from four to six, you're probably in a kindergarten. So yeah. they would be the first two years of school and we, they were called low babies and high babies, which really is probably the equivalent in other countries of a kindergarten. And yeah. then first class is probably yeah. real big school, but yeah. tiny, tiny little, Tops. not much more yeah. than than infants. And you had to sit down with your lava tratna and, and, Absolutely. and, and your not, uniform and your uniform and not touch anything. And, and, and that brings me yeah. to my point around memory, actually, before we go to school, you look at any child or infant and they explore the world through all of their senses Mm. things go in their mouths they smell things they taste things they touch things they roll Mm. on things they nuzzle into things Mm. so they're exploring absolutely everything Um, and it's wonderful that's how they progress so fast Mm. they learn by interacting with the world Mm. and then we go to school and we're made sit 
um, in one place. Close your hands. Don't speak. Um, fingers on don't, lips. F- yeah, fingers on your lips. Don't, don't, yeah, that's it. Fingers on your lips. Uh, we actually used to have to, you'd cross your hands and put your hand your, your lips. And then <laughs> sometimes we had to teach you and you had to cross your hands behind your back because she liked you to sit upright and straight. Uh, you weren't allowed to move. You weren't allowed mm. to jiggle. You weren't allowed to do anything. Mm. And basically everything was taught to you hourly. Mm. Um, and, and so then through through language and and that's just one aspect of how memory is created mm. and if you're that poor child who doesn't that's not one of your greatest skills oh, you're screwed just terrible you you really just are screwed uh, and we all learn in different ways mm. um but when it comes to creating memories the more senses you can use mm. the more access you have to those memories mm. and that's particularly important because we learn in school we learn through language by rote um, that if in later life, if your access, if your pathways, your neural pathways through language become damaged, whether, you know, it's through a disease like dementia or for for, for other reasons, um, you're, if that's your only, you know, way you form the memory, that memory is lost. If yeah. you enrich your memories as you encode them by noticing the smell, and I guess this is something that writers do instinctively anyway, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of your it's part of your your craft really is to to explore the world with all of your senses because then yeah. that's how you recreate it on the page you know you have the smell the scent the you know what it evoked yeah. and all sorts yeah. of things but if you want your memories to stay and and to access them use all of your senses and similarly yeah. to what you just said yeah. there and and that's your emotions too so we know for sure emotional memories uh, are embedded more strongly yeah and it involves the amygdala in your in your brain and your hippocampus taking in the information is also quite near to your amygdala, very deep in your brain. Um, and it makes sense for emotional memories or very salient memories to be embedded um, more importantly, because mm. actually if they've uh, stimulated fear or yeah. or, you know, um, or, or joy, even yeah. you want to either not replicate or avoid, yeah. you, you know, yeah. so it kind of makes yeah. sense. So that's probably you know, that probably really helped with your memoir because it was such yeah. an emotional period of and time. The, the thing I think that I think my position in the family um, w- w- fed into that as well, because I was the youngest by quite a bit. OK, because my siblings were 10 years older, nine years older and eight years old. So okay. Laura, Valerie and Robert. And in the book, I call them by their middle names, Louise, Anna and John. Right. So that the real names are Laura, Valerie and Robert. Um, they were like steps of stairs. And then... Eight years later, I was born. Right. That was a mistake. So and like an only child. Yeah. So I was, I, f- I had a kind of um, position of observing them any, like, I felt like I was born into a, tr- like, there was an, a pre-existing tribe. Like, right. it wasn't forming as I was growing. It was there to be understood. Right. It already existed. And I think that's why I created the space in my brain to to be and to store memory and to to bring a bit like you know an animal would bring something into its lair and look at it and try and figure out what the hell it is you know what I mean I, I would hear conversations at home and you know they were like like Laura was 10 you know as I said and you know so by the time I was like four and five they were like teenagers you know mm-hmm. they were 15 whatever can't do the maths but um the so there was a lot of information that was very difficult to 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 calibrate, you know, that was coming at me. And my parents were very not they wouldn't have been 
you know, they wouldn't have passed any childcare tests or, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so, you know, there was no, there was no dumbing down or dilution of their emotion or anything else in the house. Yeah. Well, and we, so you just, you took all this stuff into your lair and you tried to figure out, you know, what does this mean? But I, that, that's what we do as humans. We, we, we try and figure stuff out yeah. and we make up stories to, to make to that facilitate stuff. them. Yeah. yeah. Now we do that. We do that as adults. Like yeah. we continue to do it all, all our lives. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's really important to, mem- to remember if people yeah. get stuck in places or, you know, feel anxious or depressed. You've just created a story about the world around you. And since you've created that anxious story, you could also actually change that and story in some way. Story. Create a different story. Because that's all we do is we create a, a story, to, a narrative to make sense. And narrative on our lives. And, Absolutely. You know, the, the privilege of being allowed to write a memoir is you get a chance to actually, actually control the narrative. Mm-hmm. You're controlling the narrative. You know, it's like filmmakers making movies about, you know, so much of you know, autorial work is part, partially autobiographical. You know, you're creating, you're putting a narrative on your on your life. And it's a privilege to be able to do it, but it exists for all of us. That's the point. Everybody can do it. You don't have to put it down on paper and for it be a book. That's amazing yeah. if it happens. But it's a lovely power that you yeah. that you have. And similarly, yeah. as you just said, and I'm going to try that, actually, is kind of go back and actually, you know, go. Ribena, actually, is the, the, the name that, yeah. that people used to call me or rags, rags, rags tails are something that people used to slag my hair. I'd, I'd hair down past my bottom. Mm. And it, I don't know if your mother did that. She used the, to tie them in the, the nylon ring- stockings. Yeah. But they didn't quite, yeah. quite come out as ringlets. Yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah, were kind yeah. of rats tails. That's what they called me, rats tails and then Ribena because Sabina reminded you know and I didn't like either of them they weren't particularly you know kind of nice ones but um, I must do that journey now that you've just said and see if I can find more memories I have some obviously you know kind of big ones I remember I I remember wanting to go to school like you I was the youngest of five um, and my sister was 10 years older than me and then so it was 10 9 six and three or something so yeah. we were yeah, steps yeah. and stairs but I think with three boys in between there yeah. was yeah. kind of like that my sister then was you know Ten kind of older. always yeah yeah, yeah there, was, there was a gap and similarly I think it's I think it's of an age because we weren't parented um no you know we I mean I, my mother was at home full time um, and my father had a job um but there was no parenting there was never conversations around you know you yeah. know, is this good? That good. there was rules. There was a lot of rules. Yeah. Certainly in my house, you can't do this, you can't do that. And <coughs> and you were. And I often wondered whether that was why I was drawn to acting as well. Yeah. This is how you behave. This is who you are. You know. And I think yeah. you come out of it. And a lot of people our generation kind of grew up in a way not knowing who we are yeah. because there were so many rules. There were so many rules, and and it was you have to behave this way in this situation and this way in this situation, yeah. and you no know, sort of sense of self. Yeah. And I suppose part of that is growing up as well. And that's what's lovely about when you do come into your fifties, if you you really do start to get to know yourself at yeah. the core, who yeah. you really are, and what really matters. And and that's joyful. I say to people like, we have this horrible age of society where people worry about getting older. You know, your twenties are really hard. I, I, I really <laughs> don't worry about getting older. I mean, right. I I. I you know, I feel a great sense of um, freedom being yeah, this age. I do too. Much freer you know? than, than than I've ever felt. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk to you then. I, I mean, I had the pleasure of reading um, your novel, oh, yeah. uh, The Weight of Love. 
Um, and again, um, uh, this uh, this is an incredible read. Uh, I st- again started to read it. Um, I think I read it in um, I would have read it in one sitting, except like it was half three. <laughs> like I started in in the evening time, and I I. I closed the covers at at 3.30 a.m. and said, wow, right, I need you. to go asleep. And then I started reading again the next day and and, and finished it. Um, I, would, you, would, would you like to kind of... Well, I'd, I'd little... never written a novel mm-hmm. and I'd written a memoir and I'd written plays and I'd written uh, columns and articles and stuff like that. <clears throat> and, uh, and then, but again, I was given permission by the publisher who said... We'll take a, another piece of work from you. Oh. Um, after Hopscotch, they said, "Look, we'll 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 take something else if you like." And so that's a lovely know, place to be. So I'm so lucky that that mm. happened. I didn't have to fight for it, you know. Um, now, c- can I just go back? Because I do yeah. think that's something that yeah, uh, that, that a lot of us say is, "I'm so lucky." And 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 the thing is, no, you demonstrated your talent. That's not. That's actually not luck. That's you demonstrated your talent through all your writing over the years. And they went, whoa, this person can write. And you know what? We can trust her enough to to decide well, what she wants to write. You. That's yeah. not luck. I, I, yeah, no, I know. I mean, I, it's hard yeah. to say it sometimes, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's hard. Like, and, it, and there's a fear. Yeah. Anyway, I said, mm, what is that fear? I, I'm used to being, you know, just a really quick back to the high baby, low baby thing at that point. I was told I was weak, mm. you know, and that word has followed me around my entire life. God, you know. know, the power of those yeah. childhood. And, you things. know, you're you're not capable. You're weak. And you're. And so then as a teenager in school, I just was a bit wild because, you know, if you're going to be weak, you may as well be wild. Mm. But anyway, um, so, yeah. So the weight of love. Um, so something you said earlier about the hippocampus and the other one. The amygdala. The amygdala. So somewhere between my amygdala and my hippocampus or whatever, <laughs> whatever, um, I've been carrying around a couple of stories, a couple right. of ideas. And there was one idea that kind of kept that stayed with me, a couple of ideas that stayed with me. And so then they and I don't really know what the idea where the idea really came from, but it's it's a memory and it's bits of thinking about. I was thinking a lot about how fast life goes and how we make decisions when we're younger that have massive power and influence over our lives as as they pan out. Not that we could have made any different kinds of decisions because we were young, because we don't have the power of hindsight. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot about memory. I thought a lot about how we can freeze something in an aspect in, aspect in our memory, how we can almost... Almost, we can like store it in a kind of museum. Like it's funny you said asp, uh, aspect, aspect, yeah. which is like a clear jelly. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, when you get into real detail around memory, there's um, it, uh, memory can, has been defined in lots of different ways, you know, through psychology or whatever. But one way they look at some memory is uh, crystallized. Yes. <laughs> and okay. fluid, and, yeah. and it's that's more around intelligence. But it's about those yeah. things that are more fixed yeah. and those things that are more fluid. Yeah. And and I, I think in this book as well, uh, it, 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 kind of what you're just saying there, it it's that believing that something is fixed that actually. It isn't, isn't fixed, fixed yeah. but you've yeah. life has 
that's become one of those it, big moments and that influenced and everything that's else. That's become frozen in yeah. some kind of, or it's been held in some kind of aspect. So the character Ruth, for me, she, she, you know, she's very, you know, she's fine. She's mm. absolutely fine. You know, she has a, a grown-up son. She's married. Um, she lives in Dublin, but there is this one, um, person in her life, and it's there is this unresolved. There is a sense of loss and and there is no resolution around something that happened to her in her past. So a series of events happen and she goes back to the scene of the crime in many ways. And she unpacks. I hate that word. Um, her, her own memory. She traces her own memory back. She mm. makes herself go back and actually look in the cold light of day at this person that in many ways she had kind of deified. Mm glorified mm-hmm. had allowed to become um, a much bigger part of her life than he should have been but she it's not just that she allowed him to become a bigger part of her life her husband allowed him to become a bigger part of and their her, life too. her husband was connected into this yeah. man as well yeah yeah and he allowed that and other circumstances kept joseph alive for mm-hmm. for, for that family mm-hmm. if you like mm-hmm. um anyway you know the other thing it's like it's kind of um I also wanted to, I just wanted to be truthful and human and and funny and bits of the book are funny mm-hmm. and bits of the book are sad. Um, and because bits of the book, it's very human, you know, they're, totally, they're, they're, yeah. they're really, really, that's what I love about it. They're really human characters. It's very universal. It's set between Ireland and London, but it's yeah. universal because it's about... There's two time frames. There's the mid-90s and the present day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's... There's 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 lots of characters in it, all oh. all all extremely um, all extremely interesting, all interrelated, um, and in a way, it's kind of, I suppose, when I was reading it, you know, you you are reading it about love and relationships, um, between mm. couples, and the funny thing though, and I'm I'm really just love to ask you about this when I closed the book and mm. finished it and you know in that moment where you can go god it's finished and you still want to be there in it you know um and i was really thinking about it because some of it really resonated with me you know mm. particularly around um joe ruth and robin mm. um mm. Uh, one line actually really i uh, stayed with me and i can't even remember who said it but the underestimation of being a nice person. I think Robin is a nice yeah. person, yeah. a good person, kind. a kind person. Yeah. Uh, whereas Joe is this, flamboyant. you know, flamboyant, yeah. interesting, arty, not mm. very nice person, really. Mm. Mm. Um, very self-centered um, and with his own human, you know, he, he's mm. not a bad guy. You know, that he has his, mm. and that's what's lovely about the book is, mm. you know, you get richness, three-dimensional mm. all from all angles mm. of mm. of this. Um, but that's what really, really jumped out at me. And I don't know whether it's media and television and all those things. Leave us to underestimate how wonderful and beautiful really good, nice people are mm. and how that can be the most valuable mm. love. And Robin is not, um, I mean, Robin Robin has is a complicated man. He's mm-hmm. a very complicated man himself, but he has um, some, he's kind. He has kindness. And I think it's Ruth who says, you know, people underestimate kindness. I never did. Yes. 
and and I think that I, without spoiling the book, I, for yeah. me that's a, a sort of a really pivotal yeah. moment in the yeah. book that jumped yeah. out. I just yeah. couldn't remember exactly how the line is. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, when I closed the book and thought about it, I'd been reading it as a book about relationships and was totally drawn in and very in you know in the moment and mm. and and. Uh, you know there wasn't sometimes you read books and you go oh why did they do that that's really stupid they shouldn't have done that Mm. and it's it's like it's set up that way but for every action whether it was a silly thing to do or whatever it made sense for that character to have taken that route or or road which was lovely with that's what I mean by about it being very human um rather than sort of orchestrated to get to the end of a plot or something it was just real people um but I closed it and I thought about it and I thought I said actually I think that is a book about mothers yeah I know (laughs) very well read it it and I you know I'm glad you kind of said yeah yeah, no no very well read I I you see mm, I don't know. I don't know how other people write, um, but I don't know. I just sit down and start mm-hmm. and then just see what happens. Right. OK, so I don't know. I carry a story around. I have a sense of the story. I have a sense of the people, but mm-hmm. I don't actually know what they're going to do. Right. You know, but I had I would be a, have an awareness of them. And when I finished the book, I said to myself, man, this is a book about mothers. Right. That's literally what I yeah, said. Yeah. So and it is because they all have they mothers. They all have mothers. <laughs> and the mothers are very. But you see, you know, when you're an actor or a writer, you kind of you have a plumb line. Mm-hmm. You you hold a plumb line in over your character. You mm-hmm. know, if you're playing a character or writing a character, you want that character like no more than you want your wall to be straight. You want an emotional plumb line that is travels through that character so that their actions, they may be odd actions or idiosyncratic actions, but they're based in truth. They're held in truth. Right. So the plumb line is a line of truth that pulls through each character. So Ruth, Robin, Helen, um, all of Joseph, I loved all Helen. Of, and Helen, I love <laughs> Helen. Helen is great. And Helen just kind of walked into the book and said, actually, I'm in it. Yeah. So just move over. And you know what? You I have, have a story. Yes. And you know, would you mind? <laughs> but um, anyway, so the plumb line, there's a kind of truthful line. But that truth is rooted in the relationships with, with their, their mothers. mothers. And they're not easy relationships, really, any yeah. of them. But they're very truthful relationships. And of course, when I look back in it, like this is the book I kind of finished and and um, kind of stuck together when I was doing the MPhil in Trinity. Right. OK. And I walked into that MPhil two weeks after Mary died. Right. And began to really allow myself to write this book. OK. So I was going to write about I was going to write about uh, that maternal force mm-hmm. in our lives mm-hmm. wh- whether for good or bad I am a mother myself I'm mm-hmm. you know critical so that's a weight of responsibility that we feel I think yes you know so so looking at that central relationship the weight of love is a, is a kind of a love story with no romance mm-hmm. this, that is not a romantic book it's a very truthful book yeah but the their psychology is it's it's is I, I have to say I I, I really I, you know, I just loved it for its truth, honesty. I think so many of the characters will resonate with people. The situations will resonate We've with been people. There, haven't we? We've been there. I could go, oh people. God, ordinary people. Exactly. But I, 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 the thing is that it is that book. You're on that journey with them, and 
it's only afterwards that you realize it's a story mm. about mothers mm. uh, which and I don't want to spoil it for anybody but it's mm. it's a wonderful journey um to go on and oh, it's called so the, it's the so weight special. of love and, and and I really I really really um enjoyed it and I just want to talk briefly again about your um your, your mom and memory because mm. um uh you wrote recently um I think just towards the end your mom didn't mm. recognize you my mom had uh, dementia and people often said that to me is it awful mm. that your mum mm. didn't recognize you now my mum never didn't recognize me yeah, you know yeah, dementia yeah. takes many shapes and forms yeah. um but memory is 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 a very strange thing yeah. you know we think it's one thing and and um wh- i read one of your pieces and, and and what you'd written um and if you don't mind i'd like yeah, to, yeah, to read sure. it out because um i think it's right on the money and there's one word in it that i had to actually look up in the dictionary and and i actually have it written here in front of me folks with <laughs> together with the how you pronounce it <laughs> but the piece was um uh, so did your mum die in 2017? Yeah. Yeah, yes. in the summer. So yeah, this is written right. in the December. So um, the title um, um, of the article is Memory is an Unreliable Friend, a Drunk in a Bar. And that just grabbed me straight away mm. because it, it is on the money when it comes to memory. And And this paragraph you have. But memory is a tricky, quixotic, quixotic yeah. uh, friend. Memory is moody and unreliable. Memory forgets. Memory is a downright liar. Memory is a country with an inhospitable weather system and some very dodgy politics. Memory is a drunk in a loud bar. One minute you'll be head in, held in her sentimental embrace. The next she'll have a broken glass at your juggler. And even though you know, even though you know that as soon as you turn off the cutting room lights, memory will rearrange itself. You know, too, that memory is all we have. Mm. that it to me that's just an amazing okay. it's an amazing piece of writing but it is so um it's so on the money from a neuroscience perspective <laughs> from a psychology perspective um you know that that that's it memory is changeable and yeah. and and memory is not the thing that we think it is but it is all we have um but we can manipulate it we can yeah. explore it we can tear, tease yeah. it apart um it can destroy our lives it can make our lives yeah. but there is we have control yeah it's a country. I think mm. memory is another country. It is a country. It is the country that I inhabit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's where I live a lot of the time. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but it's okay. But yeah. yeah, you can. But a lot of people don't explore that country. Yeah. Or don't know that country or aren't familiar or yeah. are afraid of it. You know, or they take other people's narratives around it. Oh, you were that. I tell you what kind of child you were. Yes. You know. I mean, I was told I was a stupid child and I was a loud child and I was this, that and the other, you know, and I just think, well, you know what, I'm, I'm, they can be your, they, these they are not be your my memories. memories. Yes. My, my narrative, I own my memory. Yes. I own my memory. My sibling, I have, you know, I'm close to my siblings, mm-hmm. my three older siblings, and we sat around a table in Spain during the summer because my sister lives in Spain. One of my sisters lives in Spain. And, um, some stuff came up about the past because, you know, we we kind of pedal in the past, you know, when a couple of glass of wine and yeah. we're right back there, you know. And um, my brother disagreed very much with a memory that I had about a time my father's lover's husband threatened to come shoot. down and shoot, shoot him. Yeah. And he had a gun and he rang... So the husband of my father's lover rang my mother 
and said, I'm coming down, Mary, to to shoot him. I have a gun. And uh, is he home? Because I'm coming down to shoot him. <laughs> and Mary said, oh, God, listen, you know, whatever. I don't mind. I mean, honestly, please be my guest. But, you know, uh, Billy's going to be, um, it's going to kill her. So we were talking about that. And my brother said, no, 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 no. It wasn't that. He said he's coming down to kill him, to kill Bob. And Mary said, be my guest. But what about the children? Right. It will kill them. Right. And, you know, I'm sure I don't know who's... It does it matter. Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Yeah. My memory is that it was about me. Yes. So what? And you know what? That has probably got something to do with your age at the time. Because yeah. we don't get that sense of right. other people till exactly. into our teens. Exactly. And that's so interesting to say that because as the person I was then, like I was 10 or 11. Yeah, you wouldn't I'd have just been expelled sense. from yeah. school. The house, the bailiffs had taken everything. We were living in this kind of summer house on the edge of a cliff. There was no furniture. Was, everything was bananas. And then this guy was coming down, you know, who I liked. I knew yeah. him and he was a terribly nice man. Um, my my husband, father's lover's husband was a very nice man and he was heading down to shoot you know this I adored my father I, yeah. he could do no wrong you can wrong. see that in the book. I absolutely yeah. loved him in it and but I have to be able to say that that's okay to you know because as a as a woman of 57 almost 58 I look at his behaviour and I think man what were you doing yeah what were you doing that was not okay mm-hmm. but the me that was there with him, you know, he was, he was wonderful. Yeah. He was my world. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you hear as a child, you hear. I heard me mm-hmm. and my brother heard them. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's fine. And I, th- I, I think that's important. I don't think it's something that we should argue about. The thing is, yeah. our memories are our memories, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's our truth. Um, and then if those if that truth is causing you a problem, well, then revisit it yeah. and, and, and you can kind yeah. of change yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, do you know, because yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing is, you know, like yeah. people think eyewitness testimony, you know, oh, but they saw. But actually, it's the weakest testimony you yeah. can ever have, yeah, yeah, yeah. because all you need is put four people in a yeah. room and, the, and they'll see things from yeah. different perspectives, yeah. different angles. Yeah. We don't see things in 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 um, a bubble. We bring things with us, yeah. you know, um, uh, it's incredible. Two people can witness people talking. One can say they were having a, a terrible argument. Some were saying, oh, they're so passionate about each yeah. other. It, you bring you bring what you've had and, and you create yeah. that story. Yeah, um, and I think in that lies a certain power um, because a lot of people feel life happens to them. Yeah, it, it doesn't. You no. make life happen. Yeah. And yes, you know, sometimes you really get thrown, you know, yeah. some awful stuff, yeah. but it's what you do with the stuff yeah. Your throne that kind of makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's just been absolutely fascinating talk to you. I think I could talk forever. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> um, I just would, if there's any, I think you've you've given us a few gems actually throughout. If 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 you can recall them, if there's mm. any tips um, that you'd like to leave listeners mm. with, mm. Um, you've kind of talked about a few things there around. Um, I mean, I think that the you know I I. You know, without sounding very syrupy about it, I I really appreciate being alive. I really appreciate having 
the day mm-hmm. having it and having the next day and the next and my all of my siblings were very have been chronically critically all of them have had cancer and all wow. of them have had have survived in the last um 10 years and um my family's in a cancer cluster they call it wow. um it's neither here nor there but the the thing is that i really appreciate the time i, I really appreciate being alive being alive yeah and i'm not i don't really allow other people tell me how I have to live. Mm-hmm. I trust my inner kind of moral compass and and my kind of love of humans to guide me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's a, it can be a very joyful experience being alive. I mean, it's not, I'm not happy all the time at all. But what keeps me, what floats my boat is 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 writing, mm-hmm. is listening to myself, is paying attention to my own memory and to saying it's OK to be heard. You're allowed to be heard. Mm-hmm. It's OK. And it's not rocket science. You know, writing, drawing, making work, I think, is incredibly important. And it's not exclusive. People say to me, oh, I couldn't draw a straight line. But you don't need to draw a straight line. Draw every kind of line you like. Mm-hmm. I couldn't write a sentence. Well, you can you can talk, you yes. can think, you can remember, you can maybe gather stuff together in a scrapbook. You can stick things down. You can a, a la- turn up to your own soul. Mm-hmm. You don't have to turn up to an empty page and create a book. You can just turn up to yourself. Find something that, that I always think kind of funny but the the language you use it's about what you're describing to me is find something that you can lose yourself in yeah it's it's, it's kind of like a lost yeah Yeah. it it, it, it sounds like an oxymoron but it's actually then that is to me that's your life that's that's that's, your freedom that's being in the flow that is your freedom that's being in the present yeah 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 people who are battered from one end of the week to the other by other people's needs man I feel it I feel it I you know I'm talking from a point of real privilege mm-hmm. I'm talking from being 50 whatever yeah and having a secure home I have a home I'm in a marriage that I, I want to be in um with somebody that I want to be with those things are seriously lucky mm-hmm. they're man they're, those are really great things to be you know that's a great playground to yeah. be operating in I hope you enjoyed listening to Hilary as much as I enjoyed chatting to her. Thank you for tuning in. Hilary's first novel, The Weight of Love, published by Penguin Books, is out in March 2020. To quote Hilary again, memory is all we have, so it's really worth making the most of it. For regular updates and bonus material, follow Superbrain Podcast on Instagram and at Sabina underscore Brennan on Twitter. Subscribe to Superbrain on Apple, Spotify, Google, Acast or wherever you consume your podcasts. And remember, if you love it, rate it, review it, share it. My name is Sabina Brennan and you've been listening to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 